0: Welcome, once again, to another edition of Houndstooth Heroes. My name is Greg Dawkins, and I am joined, as always, by pal of mine, Ellis Metz. Today, however, I will be going, because it is on this week, I will be going by G.B. Bowtie. Uh,
1: That's a nice homage. Can you go on?
0: Well, you know, did you... Y'all are familiar with J.T. Bowtie, correct? Obviously. Tell, tell the people about JT Bowtie,
1: Mr. Mike. JT Bowtie released a video while I was still on campus, maybe uh, 2010-ish, uh, before the Ole Miss game, and it was just the most swagged-out, confident, over-the-top Alabama a-hole video yeah. you've ever seen. He became this instant YouTube sensation, uh, received all these death threats, death threats from Oxford for telling them um, how their <coughs> women wanted us, and we don't want them, and how much better we are in all facets of life. It was really a wonderful uh, kind of video braggadocio
0: piece, which is essentially crawled under a rock. If any, if any of our Houndstooth uh, Heroes listeners happen to know where that video is, you can uh, send it to us because we'd be glad to uh, to post it. We're angling to get Mr. JT Bowtie on the podcast at some point.
1: Yeah, we're definitely going to make that outreach. And I have devoted days of my life to finding that video. Obviously, there's still a uh, WVUA clip on YouTube uh, recording the death threats that he received. But man, that original video was just unbeatable.
0: Solid goal. Solid Mm -hmm, goal. Speaking mm -hmm. of the podcast, if you're listening, then you're aware of the change. But I feel like we ought to go ahead and give you some information about it. Uh, We have... uh, shifted our lives to become an official podcast of Roll Bama Roll, where we'll be featured on their website uh, every week. And if you don't uh, happen to enjoy Roll Bama Roll, which I don't know why you wouldn't, Mm -mm. you can also find us on SoundCloud. uh, And just follow us at Houndstooth Heroes, and we will follow you back. And you're welcome to uh, listen to the entire series of uh, disgusting podcasts that we have to offer when uh, they are posted on SoundCloud. But Man, we are proud to make that change. Uh, that is but
1: huge news for our two uh, listeners. Exactly. And just like to say, yeah, you'll still get the same uh, podcast greatness from our Twitter account, at H2Teros. If you're not following us, you should. And a big shout out to the Overlords at Roll Bam, and Roll and SB Nation for bringing us on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, speaking of, I understand your uh, you're, uh, 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 nom de plume for the week is Warden of the North.
1: That's correct. Um, do tell. Do tell. A- as our listener may remember, I was in Maine this past weekend. So down east, if you will. Down east. Down east. Oh. Um, <laughs> so a football wedding and not even one where you could drive to and or Talk to folks who know anything about football.
0: See, that's just the absolute worst.
1: It was a problem. It was a problem.
0: But tell me all about it. Tell me. Tell me well,
1: Greg, it was, uh, you know, it was embarrassing. It was hard to watch at times, and frankly, it was just entirely too predictable. I am uh, talking, of course, about my dance moves on the floor oh. Saturday night.
0: Those are always solid dance moves. I've uh, seen. It, if you've not been to a wedding where Ellis Metz is invited and on the dance floor, I would urge you to crash one. It's some solid ass dance moves.
1: It was, uh, yeah, it was it was a right proper showing for sure. So, did that. You know, Maine was fine. The people talk a little funny, but I didn't hate it. It was kind of endearing. And okay, right, here's my
0: take on Maine. It's please? a state full of assholes. What? Yes, I went there. I, when I went, okay, I've only been up in that area of the country one time. In addition, also for a wedding, also during football season, it was the Mark Ingram comeback against Arkansas, whenever that
1: oh, was. Oh, wow, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was up there. It was on Cape Cod, but we took a t- some time like you did and went to Maine. Well, that was a state full of assholes, man. Never run across a bunch of rude people in my entire life.
1: Yeah, I mean their etiquette is just totally off. There were people apparently. This is a northern thing where after the wedding ceremony, everybody goes and changes and then comes back to the reception in street clothes.
0: Like a like what jeans and uh, like yeah jeans?
1: no, it felt like I was at Club Atlantis down on Dolphin Street again. It was <laughs> awful, <laughs> which
0: by the way has closed up. All right. Please. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Uh, I will have. I do have one thing to share. Uh nothing particularly horrible is happening in my life but this will be uh those of you who are familiar with the world know that I have a camper called Trailer Swift mm-hmm. and this will be her maiden uh voyage to Tuscaloosa this week. Uh she's been falling apart, lots so, of lots of repairs to be done. But nevertheless, the point of the point I'm trying to make is Trailer Swift will be parked at Druid City Brewery uh where you can also park. Uh if you're looking for a free place to park, if you would go in there and uh tell the Boy Scouts that are at the uh, at the at, you know that are in the parking lot that you're going to Druid City Brewery and you do so, you can park for free and walk to the game and you uh can certainly enjoy some cold refreshing beers at Bowen Elliott a Brewing up. What's your favorite there, match?
1: You know, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't yet visited Druid City Brewery.
0: Well, you'll um, be up this weekend, will you not? Well,
1: that's what I was gonna say. I'm planning to head into Tuscaloosa Saturday, so hoping to get there pre-game and find my favorite. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll have to try them all.
0: I am a lamp lighter IPA man out every day of the week. Mm. Uh but anyway, let's move on to the reason people are here, which is certainly not to hear us talk about your fantastic dance moves. Uh it's the hates the things that we hated about last week's game but against Middle Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. Uh the one thing obviously stands out, and you know what it is.
1: Yes. Well, I don't speak Polish, but if I did I would just say woof. Uh, Adam Griffith <laughs> again. I think,
0: that's, I think that's global, really.
1: Is it? Well, I, I wasn't look. sure. I didn't want to I assume. I think
0: it translates pretty well.
1: Okay, Adam Griffith again. Two more misses, uh, <laughs> making him five of fifteen in his last fifteen field goal attempts.
0: I'm not sure, but I don't think that's good.
1: It is not good, and I'm no good at math, but it's somewhere, it's somewhere not, it, ugly.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. it could be worse. We could have the NFL uh, PAT rule.
1: Oh God! Yeah, well, thirty-three we, yards out, he would miss probably everyone. Again, my yeah, percentages we, are off.
0: And we have apparently somebody named Gunner Rayborn. Have you ever heard of a Gunner Rayborn? Well,
1: recorder? no, but it, it does just sort of put me at ease to know that Alabama Crimson Tide has a Gunner on the sideline. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. Uh, yeah, Gunner Rayborn is our backup, and I imagine he has to be getting a lot more attention at practice this week. Next year,
0: he's the the man of the match, I got to tell you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Next year, of course, we have YouTube sensation Eddie Pinheiro coming on. Uh, He was awarded a scholarship coming out of junior college, even though, for all intents and purposes, Nick Saban is, quote, very confident in Adam Griffith.
0: I am confident in a lot of things. Uh, By that, I mean I'm confident in nothing. So I'm assuming Uh, that's what he means.
1: Yes, yeah, I think so.
0: Anyway, well, uh, unfortunately, guys uh, that happen to be listening, we have a special guest joining us today that we're all excited about. Uh, If you'll remember, if you're old enough to remember, which God knows I am, he was number eight on your program, but number one in your heart, Mm -hmm. uh, graduate of the university and 100% field goal accuracy kicker, Mr. (laughs) Butch Worley joins us. How you doing, Butch?
2: Doing great. Um, I guess Van was busy, so you guys had to call me. Is that what happened?
0: Well, we, yeah, we don't have the Tiffin hotline. Sorry. But, <laughs> but hey,
2: Van's uh, accuracy percentage
1: cannot match Butch Worley's. I will say he is 100%, was an actual kicker on
2: the football team, and uh and finished his career one for one out there. Thank you very much. I've got the DVDs that everybody Ooh. can buy if they want one as well. Of,
0: the, of, the, of that one kick? Yes. <laughs> well, that's been. I mean, I mean it can't – I mean, it's one kick. How long can it possibly last? I would urge you to go to ButchWorley.com and pick up that – that 30 second video well
2: uh, really? you can also you can also see bobby humphrey running for 286 yards so oh, well, that's, oh that's that was a state game right it was it was a state game uh october of 86
0: fantastic all right but we, we got you here for one reason and you know what that is our kicker sucks what the hell's wrong man
2: well i, I don't know that i'm gonna agree with you i agree on mm-hmm. the uh on the productivity part. Um,
0: our, the results of our kicker socks.
2: Ex- exactly. You can't argue with that at all. Uh, I'll start off with this. Um, I have always had an issue with us using a quarterback, either A.J. or um, or even Bateman, uh, who's now the backup officially, but even I know last year he wasn't. So last year it wasn't as bad because he wasn't ne- the starter or the backup. Um so, he, you know, I could see him having more time in practice to work with the snapper and the holder. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I almost sense more of a difference watching him, really, than I do watching Adam. Adam has hit the ball pretty good. The the one that was short Saturday, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I, I looked at it as much as I could. Uh, to me, it appeared like he had the laces facing him, which is, I mean, to hit a uh, a kick over 40 yards with the laces – um, is almost impossible. I mean, you've got no compression on the ball on that part of the ball to really get get much uh, power behind it. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I would feel worse if he was like shanking everything. Um, but uh, in the Wisconsin game, for instance, the one he missed on the right hash, I mean, it hit the net behind the, it barely went around the post. And if you looked at the laces, I know those were laces were facing outside. And, you know, that does have an effect. Now, you can say, well, yeah, that happens a lot, but, you know, you should still make them. But he's hitting them good. Um, uh, So, I don't know. I I think any – I didn't sense him with being hesitant approaching the ball or or coming through the ball or anything. I didn't see anything different technique-wise with him in the two games. Um, Hmm. uh, But I I don't know. I just have that sense. And when I watch – and it could be that I'm – I'm just paying closer attention now since I've noticed that. Um, but I did notice immediately on the first snap and hold uh, on the first field goal in Wisconsin that, you know, uh, Bateman came off his knee to pick up the ball to come down, which caused Adams' timing to be a little off. He still hit the ball good, but he pulled it, and that's going to happen. I mean, if if the ball – generally if the ball's up and you see that out when you're looking and approaching, you're going to pause a little bit, and that's going to cause you to pull it just like a – a drive, if you're, you're if you're hitting a golf ball, you know you're going to pull the ball a little left. And uh, okay. so anyway, that's I'm not hmm. throwing Bateman under the bus here and defending my brethren, but I uh, that's just something I've noticed and that I, I don't remember noticing last year issues with that. And Do you
0: think? I, okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no,
2: go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, my question is this: It's something we've lamented for a while on this particular Houndstooth Heroes uh, podcast is. Do you think that if we had an actual special teams coach that instead of Bobby Williams, who is basically, I don't know what he does, but this seems to be a problem that is pervasive every year, do you think if we had a real coach that knew what they were doing on special teams this problem, these problems would not continue to keep happening?
2: Well, uh, I, I don't know. I think it would probably be on the rare side to have coaches that coach special teams on this level in college that actually know how to work with kickers um i think that'd be a rarity now if we can afford the, on the staff to have somebody that has that specialty i absolutely would always think that would be a positive because then you'd have somebody that could be working with them during practice and things um Ain't you got because, some spare time? yeah i mean i'd love I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd love it. hey I, I waited around five years before kicking a field goal so i mean i I can give some expertise on, on that, I guess. But, no, I mean, it, it's it, – it. the thing is, with the rules for on-field coaching, um, you know, it's real – there's a gray area there as to whether or not somebody can stay out there and work with them. When we were there, um, Tommy Brooker would come out some uh, and just kind of be – you know, he'd come out there just to practice and kind of watch us and stuff, but wouldn't work with us because he wasn't, you know, an official coach or anything – uh, and now, you know, it, You know, Van was the first person I ever knew that actually had a kicking coach, and he went to one of the best ever in Doc's story. And that's kind of when all that started. Now all these guys have kicking coaches and they're snapping camps and all this stuff that, that wasn't around then. So, um, you know, more and more you've got guys um, working with coaches outside of the staff, um, unless there's a GA or something who might have been a kicker who's maybe, you know, doing something else that can work with them. In, in fact, I, I noticed um, J.K. Scott uh, worked with Tom Ruin um, uh, this summer, who's uh, married to Amy Van Dyken. Uh, I, I just happened to follow her on Twitter, and she tweeted out, you know, showing them working together. Now, based on those first two games, maybe there might be something there to talk about as well. Um, but But, I mean, that's – that's kind of the way it is now so you know i don't know what the rules are um as to if somebody can be a volunteer or somebody that's not employed by the staff could come out there and work with them or whatever but but to me the biggest thing i mean i was when i was there we had larry abney and he's the best i've ever seen now larry was on scholarship he was a great wishbone quarterback signed with alabama got moved to receiver and then when he started holding Eventually, that's all he did, and he was the best. and and there was never, you know Van or myself or whoever never had to think about the snapper hold any. I mean, there was no, those guys had it down to science. And the last two years it was, the snapper was Darren Whitlock. He and Larry would work during practice. They had it down, and and you see this in the NFL as well. I watched a lot of NFL kicks yesterday uh, Sunday, and uh, they had it down to where the rotation of the ball, the way Darren held it, and where Larry was set up, that when Larry caught the ball, the laces would be turned forward 95% of the time. It was rare that he had to twist the ball and turn the ball at all. And if you watch the NFL, you'll see that a lot because those, that's all those guys do, and yeah. they have it down mm-hmm. to science. Now, it's hard to do that with the rules now in college, but to me, having a specialist guy, whether it be the punter, the backup punter, or somebody that you just have on the team that can dress and hold all the time, I think Jeff Wall was probably the last one we had at Alabama like that, that just that's all they did, and he was unreal. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, that's huge. And I I think, you know, that is one thing we could probably look at that might be an issue with our kicking, you know, really uh, under Coach Saban because apparently he likes to have a quarterback or somebody athletic enough to do something with the ball in case there's a bad snap. My my thinking would be, and hey – Needle. I have no no way to doubt anything Nick Saban does or says, but I mean, what are the odds and what are the percentages of of that turning into what we used to call a fire play, where you have to do something with the ball besides kick? And uh, to me, having it consistent and having the kicker not have to worry about the hold and the snap is is probably the most important thing.
1: There's a lot of hot takes to dissect there, and I thank you for that insight. I think you're right. That is probably. Um, kind of a byproduct of the seventy-three scholarship rule is that you can't have guys on that'll just hold the ball and nothing else anymore. But I mean, that's rule one, right? Laces out, Dan, for Mace
2: Ventura. You you gotta you gotta have that ready to go. <laughs> that's right. That's you know that's up there in the classic uh, kicker reference movies. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, before um, we let you go, we we uh we talked earlier about uh, everybody parking and uh, imbibing with the uh, Druid City fellas. Uh, I know you're a, a beer aficionado yourself. Uh, give us your hot takes on your uh, what your favorite beers at the uh, at the Druid City
2: uh, in
0: and, around, in and around Tuscaloosa for that matter.
2: Well, it, uh, well, Druid City is my favorite in Tuscaloosa. Um, I, the downtown porter, um, and I believe the couple times I've been there, where they had either the imperial porter or imperial stout. Um, and I'm generally not a porter and stout person, but those were great. And uh, <laughs> But the Porter, the, I I do like the lamp lighter IPA. Um, but uh probably the downtown Porter is my favorite there.
0: All right. Fantastic. Well, Brooks, we always appreciate anybody that'll come on and give us such hot takes. But uh yours have been hotter than most, man. Mm-hmm. Uh we can't uh, thank you enough for joining us.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Again, I you know, I don't know. I think we'll see Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised I, I just I would just say this for everybody just watch and see if you see a difference in ball placement or where the laces are from kick to kick. Uh, It doesn't matter really nearly as much on extra points. All you have to do is get the ball up in the air basically straight. So anything on the hash or of any distance at all, it does make a huge difference. And, uh, you know, even for myself who really, you know, I've watched that all the time, but I really focused on it this weekend uh, in college games and some NFL games, and you can really tell – a kind of a difference and again I'm not throwing Bateman under the bus I think he's you know now now that he's back up and in the running to be yes. a starting quarterback I just don't think he's got as much time and that's just my opinion I'm not out in practice or anything um, but I, I've got a lot of faith in Adam I've seen him in person he's the most impressive guy I've seen live in person that close up hmm. hitting the ball off the ground and getting it up in the air and you know he was hurt last year but I, I, I do think he can turn around and I think uh, hopefully I'll start Saturday.
0: Okay. Well, fantastic, Butch. Thank you again for joining us.
2: Thanks, Butch. Take Thanks. care. Talk to you later. All right. All
0: right. All right. Well, that was pretty hot, yo. Yeah?
1: yeah, there was a lot to dissect there. Like I said, um, a couple of notes that I was jotting down. Sab- Saban has been <laughs> very um, outspoken even about his support of bringing in outside coaches Um Gus Malzahn across the state does not allow his quarterbacks to deal with some of those guys, uh, but I think all of Alabama's top three quarterbacks have their own personal coaches, some of the best in the country, Saban is all about that extra practice, mm-hmm. uh, and that, I did not know that J.K. Scott had been working with uh, Tom Ruin, longtime Broncos guy, he he's he was in the league a long time, that's a hot take indeed.
0: Exactly. Alright, well um, I guess we'll move on from the kickers because I mean, we talked about it long enough I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw up on myself Not only because of the kickers, but also because I'm drinking uh, uh, rum and flat diet coke So uh, that's probably is adding to the issue uh, But speaking of, what are you enjoying right now?
1: I actually am uh, enjoying a nice Yazoo brewery summer ale up here hashtag drink local <laughs>
2: That sounds it, delightful.
1: It is. It's sort of, it's semi-sour. It's got some lemon involved. It, it, it's a great beer. Highly recommend it. And I'm enjoying every last one I can before they start producing it.
0: I hear you. All right. Well, while we're still talking about things we hate. We're, we're mm. going to go long today. So yeah, sit down and get, nice yourself, get yourself a cocktail, Houndstooth, here. Oh, we got stuff to talk about. Um, the other thing I hated from the Middle Tennessee State game is another, in addition to the kicking, another pervasive theme that keeps happening, Mm -mm. Um, and it's not just from this year, from last year, too. Um, The defense just takes a quarter to get itself settled, like it really, you know, we've been reading the paper, we've got things to do before we're going to play this game. Every There's like they're the only people in the room who knew, who did not know what Middle Tennessee State was going to do, so it took them a quarter to adjust, and it's Middle Tennessee State, that's fine, you can do that. but. You can't do that. If they played like they played in the first quarter against Ole Miss, Ole Miss would have 24 points in the first quarter. Easy. Um, So it's a cause for concern because it keeps happening.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, credit for making the necessary adjustments (laughs) when we need to, but why is every offense seemingly outsmarting us out of the gate and doing something that we were just totally unprepared for?
0: Exactly. We, We... uh, there's plenty of film. Middle City State has not changed what they do. Mm-mm. They know, We knew exactly what they were going to do. We know exactly what every damn team is going to do, and the only ones we're ever prepared for are the boring-ass teams like Wisconsin. If you're going to do anything strange, like Auburn in the Iron Bowl last year, well, by God, we had no idea they were going to do that. Well, they've done it all year. Why is this coming to shock to you? So it's annoying.
1: It's annoying, and I hate it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Are there things we did not
1: hate? Uh, the biggest thing we did not hate is just <clears> your <throat> classic—you know—we didn't have anybody injured. Our that's starters got a decent amount of rest. I think pretty much everyone was out after halftime, right. uh, and we got the W.
0: That's not—that's something not to hate. I'll give—I'll give you that. And look, this was not people look at this as a paycheck game and it was but it was not what we're going to see later in a paycheck game in the game mm-hmm. in terms of charlton southern this is a bowl game this is this team goes to bowl games every year um great it's a shitty bowl but they go to a bowl um so you know it's a yes it's a paycheck game and yes they got paid but this team could have made this a game like let's say georgia southern did um and they didn't so we I think we overperformed because I did not pick us to cover and we did not, but I think we performed better than I thought we would. I thought this was going to be a 24, you know, 21-24 point game, and really by the sec by the second half it was over. You could, uh, you know retire to your, uh, retire to other games or whatever it is you might want to do but it was over in the second half and it was obvious to everybody, which was really more than I expected.
1: Yeah, I agree with that fully. We asserted our dominance but didn't make a show out of it which is something Hugh Freeze has never heard of. Oh lord. Um, and, so, uh, and to add on to what you said, MTSU, they're favored by 21 points against Charlotte in a conference game this coming weekend. So yeah, right, and, like,
0: and like I said, they scheduled Vanderbilt for their opponent and they fully for their homecoming opponent and they fully intend on beating them. Uh, now that's Vanderbilt. Happen. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, it, they're better substantially than Vanderbilt. Not that most beat team a lot of teams aren't, but Charlotte Southern is not, I mean, Charleston Southern, whoever the hell it is, is not substantially better than Vanderbilt. So, it's a paycheck game, but it's not a terrible one. To but, uh, anyway, whatever our familiar refrains is quarterback play. You want to go ahead and get into that?
1: Yeah, you know, overall, it wasn't a bad outing for Coker. I think he submitted himself as a starter, and Nick Saban has uh, kind of hinted that the competition is over. Uh, he had 214 yards in one half a play. He did throw an interception that was just a poorly timed, not great ball. Um you know it wasn't a huge challenge for him, but I thought he showed out all right how about you
0: yeah um i think here's my take on that um hold on him there we go I'm ha- you know having to refill with the, with more uh um, flat diet coke um I think Coker did fine, and ultimately he's gonna be our quarterback but here's my just an I, just as a layman's point of view cooper Bateman. While he is not, he can't execute like Jake Coker does. The offense looks crisper when he does it. When he's when he's under center, it looks like he knows what to do, and knows where to go more than Coker does. The problem is when he's called on to make a quarterback play, like a, a pass or a well, you know, or do something, he doesn't do it as well as Coker does. But the offense, and I don't know how to, else to describe it other than crisp. You watch him, and you're like, yeah, that dude knows what he's doing. And then you see him throw a pass, you're like, oh shit, he doesn't know what he's doing. But uh, up until then, he seems to be, he, ha- he, he has more authority in his game.
1: This sort of doesn't totally jive with what you're saying, but I do agree. And I think what you're seeing is that Bateman may not be the game manager we're used to and may be an actual good quarterback, okay. but he still has a lot of developing to do.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably very fair.
1: So he's got the potential. Uh, we'll wait and see. Meanwhile, at Coker Deep Ball continues to be a hilarious Twitter account, <laughs> but also a tremendously troubling asset of our game.
0: <laughs> just can't do it. The poor fella. I mean, I hope and that's and that's why we miss Amari Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody says Blake Sims came along and God knows he did, but in those beginning games, Amari Cooper could bail you out. If you were middling and weren't quite on, you know, Amari Cooper would get open and find a way to get to the ball. Uh, Robert Foster is, I guess, our premier wide receiver right now, and he is, you know, three-tenths of the wide receiver Amari Cooper was in terms of getting open, and not just getting open, but finding the ball.
1: Yeah, you're right, um... It, it's odd because we these guys we have at receiver were almost as highly touted as Julio and Amari, uh, but physically we're just not seeing it yet. I think it's there, and I think hopefully by about the Tennessee game it'll be kind of in full force, but it's definitely taken them a while to get up to speed of the college game.
0: And going off script a little bit, you know, a name I have not heard called a lot is Chris Black. I thought he was going to really break out when Amari left.
1: Well, and I, this is about the third year, I think we've said that. Probably um, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I really thought this was the year, and uh, zero sign of that.
0: Correct. Uh, we are seeing a little bit more of O.J. Howard, which is which uh, mm-hmm. something we have been talking, also something we've been talking about for three years. But we're seeing a little bit more, probably out of necessity, but because Jake Coker, the Coker Deep Ball at Coker Deep Ball, is just not there but uh, but he can damn sure throw it to O.J. Howard, and O.J. Howard's a big ol' loss. He yeah. can, uh, who can make, some, make some yards.
1: Yeah, and I got to watch a little bit, not to talk about the NFL because nobody likes the NFL, but I got to watch a little bit of the Bucks game Sunday where uh, Jameis was just living and dying by the tight end. He fed that guy for over 100 yards, a TD <laughs> or two, uh, and you could tell it was just a way to build confidence, to make some uh, less risky procedures and it, it was a really nice offensive setup and I would love to see us try to do something like that too especially with that weapon in OJ
0: Howard exactly and one final thing that I don't know if I'm going to say we hate it I, or I hate it but it's a thing uh, Kenyon Drake are we are we, we using no, him we enough? don't hate
1: anything about Kenyon Drake no we Kenyon.
0: love Kenyon Drake we absolutely love everything about Kenyon Drake but are we using him right and enough
1: Okay, so here's my theory on Kenyon Drake. All right, Kenyon Drake is Lane Kiffin's like favorite doll, right? Like he okay. wants to just hold this thing when he's scared. He wants to carry it around with him, drag it by the arm as he walks to class or wherever Lane it's Kiffin Linus, walks. Linus's blanket. Is it's what it's Linus's blanket, but I think there are huge things to come with Kenyon Drake that we're not unveiling in the first two weeks of the season. You know, we we started off the Florida game last year with that deep ball to him. Uh, In Ole Miss before his injury, we were using him in every facet imaginable. I think Kenyon Drake is the ultimate utility back and the guy that Lane Kiffin has been looking for for years and years, to be honest. Uh, And I think we're just keeping it under wraps. I've got high hopes for the Kenyon Lane connection.
0: I hope your ESP is correct because that guy on the edge is pretty much unstoppable, but he's just not been on the edge at all. So it it was a cause for, it was a cause for hate.
1: Well, that's understandable. Give him time. He did finish up Saturday with 91 yards on just five receptions. He had a 14-yard touchdown pass and also uh, some nice kickoff returns,
0: Mm, which was cool to see. Absolutely. All right, you want to go ahead and move to things that – we did uh we we're not so sure about well no i mean actually you want to, uh, in terms of the, the game next week uh, well speaking
1: of things we're not so yeah. sure about the right. Ole miss rebels roll into town next week uh obviously both teams well i shouldn't say obviously but if you've been watching the season both teams are two and oh uh both teams is Ole Miss. what about 18 right now ranked
0: i think they're 14 or okay 13. all right so cracked
1: yeah. the top 15 yeah um It's hard
0: not to when you're beating the hell out of people like they are.
1: Right. We'll get to that. Uh, A couple of streaks on the line Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. First off, Alabama has not lost a game in Bryant-Denny Stadium since 2012.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, That was the infamous Johnny Manziel game where Greg and I, uh, I, at least I can speak for me, left my sunglasses and my dignity in the stadium that night.
0: We did, but we did lead, lead an entire section of the stadium in run the damn ball but it just never
1: happened. Well, yeah, we, we've we got that to, yeah, <laughs> to smile exactly. back upon. Uh, uh, and the other streak, Ole Miss has not recorded back-to-back wins against Alabama in the history of the series, dating back to 1896. Yeah. And, in fact, they've only won 10 games all time.
0: All right. And uh, we rare is the situation that the crowd at Bryant-Denny uh, is a factor I can count on probably both hands the times that it that it has been a dis- deciding factor in a game mm-hmm. uh the lSU game that you and I were at it exactly. was decided it, it, it made the difference uh this ladies and gentlemen is an 8.30 in the afternoon evening kick <sighs> uh you have all day to lubricate your uh, your uh, vocal cords and we should stress
1: that you should do so at uh, Druid City Brewing, for sure. Yes,
0: you should. Get get your vocal cords lubricated uh, because I have the sense that it's going to be necessary uh, that the crowd be a factor in this game. And uh, the later, as you know, it's a damn near midnight, so you ought to be uh, good and ready to go by then. Yes?
1: Yeah, no, I certainly expect... BDS to be rocking. Uh, we have an inside source confirming that Dixieland Delight will be returning to the stadium.
0: Did okay, it return it last that, week? It returned last week. Okay. The problem is, we so had sorry, a few... our source
1: is a little,
0: mm-hmm. a little
1: behind. But go on.
0: Our, okay. Yes, it was there last week. The problem is, we had a few outspoken um, students who decided to add uh, the. Um, element that was added during the Iron Bowl, and if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. While this is not a family broadcast, I'm not sufficiently lubricated to break down that word, yes, just yet, uh, but there was a, a uh, phrase that was mm-hmm. uttered during Dick Nixie Dandelight on several repetitive occasions that apparently was uttered again at Middle Tennessee State University. Uh, Which
1: you're, you're telling me you're against.
0: I'm absolutely for it. Okay. However, uh, Bill Battle and his fantastic hair is not for it for unknown mm. reasons. Mm. Nevertheless, so I, while it appeared last week, I am without confidence that it will appear again, although I'm hoping it will.
1: Yes, I think we're in agreement there. It's a tough situation, but uh, <laughs> there, there's really nothing that can get a Crimson Tide Stadium fired up quite like... That Alabama classic. It's a little bizarre.
0: Uh-huh, exactly. But there it is.
1: We're just alternating between Sea Murder and Dixieland Delight. That's all exactly. we need. You
0: know, we're, 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 uh, we're inclusive. Um, <laughs> all right, speaking of uh, odd things, the other thing that we should be concerned about is the whole Laramie Tunsil saga coming out of Old Miss.
1: Yes, it's uh, kind of your classic Southern Gothic SEC tragedy. Where uh, uh, Laramie Tunsil, <laughs> who is uh, Ole Miss's left tackle, chose Ole Miss over Alabama, was really the first to do that in quite a while. History uh, of the land, maybe ever, maybe ever. Um, his stepfather, yeah. has said that their family was well compensated for his commitment to Ole Miss, mm-hmm. which this
0: was after a a a a fisticuffs. Situation. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. You're right. I should have yeah. uh, yeah, gotten in on a little the
0: little backstory there. Go ahead with that.
1: Well, uh, do you know more? I don't know what the fisticuffs was over, but at some point, Laramie Metensel fought his stepfather, <laughs> and, and he may not
0: actually be his stepfather. There's, there's a lot to this. Oh no, right. Classic. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's the, like you said, Southern Gothic. Everything is weird about this. Mm-hmm. All right, there was a there were fisticuffs between he and his stepfather. Now. As it developed, he may not have actually been his stepfather, but just some dude. Uh, nobody really knows what's okay. going on there okay and then the stepfather or whomever he may be reports that yes, there was some uh there was some compensation involved between the the family and illness
1: okay yeah uh, he uh he initially pressed charges against old Laramie right and uh told police that Laramie was quote riding around with football agents prior to the Fisticuffs incident. Mm-hmm. So, I'm whatever you think that may imply. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ole Miss has withheld Tunsil from their first two games, saints that they are, mm-hmm. and I gotta be honest, I am fully expecting him to suit up Saturday. How about you? Oh,
0: rules are fluid. We all know rules are fluid. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I have heard rumors that they are not going to play him, but, you know, I'll believe that when I see it.
1: Yeah, and credit due to uh, Hugh Freeze. It's taken him a few years, but he is slowly catching on to the SEC way of doing things and is uh, mysteriously landing these huge recruits from across the country. Right. And now <laughs> playing his cards pretty well, I got to say, by, you know, kind of a self imposed two game suspension. And then, well, it you know, it just so happened that Alabama was on the schedule. <laughs> clearly had nothing
0: game. to do. We had nothing to do with the opponent. I'm sure of it. Obviously. Um. You know, so th- those look to be the positives. Uh. They see <laughs> there's a, there's a laundry list of negatives coming up in terms of the matchups of this game. Um. Who you got?
1: Well, yeah, and I'll just um, I'll, I'll preface this by saying. I'm not sure. I've been spending all week thinking at the last time I felt this bad about a game. And I think the last time I felt confident we would lose, or I'll say certain we would lose, uh, was against Tebow in the O eight SEC championship game. So we're talking seven yeah. years ago.
0: I uh, was before before we got on the air, I was thinking to myself, when is the last time I felt this sure we were gonna lose? Mm. And uh my all I could come up with it with was, was Shula. Yeah. You know, jeez. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was not even this sure we we're going to lose uh, against Tebow. I always had hope. Uh, this one, I we'll get to that later. But uh-huh. man,
2: I thought I'm you had gonna... some
1: hope. Well, this is going to be a dark latter half to the show.
2: <laughs> yes, oh, it is. Well. yes, it is.
1: Okay. Well, on that note, let's dive into uh, the darkest part, which I think has to be the matchup between our defensive backs versus their. Machine Gun Kelly, Chad, Ooh. aka Machine Gun Kelly, swag, and they're, they're
0: calling him swag. You know,
1: are they swag, Kelly? Swag, Kelly. Well, 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 he has a rap video that I've been avoiding this week, but we Wait. have to. You have it's not so much a video. I think it's a a video of him drunkenly freestyling.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic. Which,
1: which we've all <laughs> done. All <time laughs> time. Who have who, who among us is not
0: drunkenly freestyling? Sure,
1: obviously. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll find out more about that later and share it if it's worth we may, sharing we may if you uh
0: we may post that to soundcloud in fact we'll, uh, if you follow us on the soundcloud we will uh i can almost guarantee you will get some swag kelly uh, uh freestyle action mm-hmm. later in the week if,
1: if that's not motivation i don't know what is uh but back to the matchup at hand so it'll be chad machine gun kelly throwing to just kind of all-around freak laquan Treadwell. Reminds me a lot of Randy Moss, just a huge, lanky guy that's strong. He gallops around uh, and makes people look ugly. Ole Miss comes in having scored 149 points over their first two weeks.
0: I'm not wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a lot, right?
1: It, it's a lot. I sort of did like the eye rub, double checking that this wasn't a typo. But no, that's right. 149 points. And look, the they're, they're,
0: whoever they played first was, you know. Bullshit. Tennessee
1: Martin has to be the worst team in America fielding a team right now. I'll say Correct. That.
0: Fresno State, however, is not the worst team in America. I'm not saying they're good. Right. But good God, 73 points?
1: Yeah, I think even if we went out with the intention to score 70 points against MTSU, uh, we would still no. be trying.
0: Exactly. I agree. Yeah.
1: So to make matters worse in my mind, our uh, DBs have been talking a big game Preseason All SEC Cyrus Jones this was quoted as saying, ever. He don't back down from nobody.
0: Yeah. He has anointed himself a shutdown corner.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Exactly. Like he's damn Daryl Revis or something. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Uh, nobody's been talking about Cyrus Island out there.
0: Uh uh-uh, uh No. There ain't no Cyrus Island. Yeah. But that's... yeah, he's been all over the media saying, know, yeah, it's going to be tough, but, you know, I'm a shut-down corner. And, I, you know, dude, you got. You got lit up last year. Oh man. He and Tony Brown got annihilated. And Cyrus may be better this year, but Cyrus ain't that much better and Tufstill and, and and Laquan Treadwell is every bit as good, if not better, than he was last year.
1: Yeah, I think he may be better. And and you're right, I mean, Treadwell lit up Cyrus and Tony Brown last year. Uh right now Alabama's pass defense ranks sixty eighth. Nationally, I get and,
0: Middle Tennessee State and Wisconsin.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> those are two schools not known for their uh, spread passing offenses. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you just got to think that Ole Miss has a huge advantage there. I trust we can stop Ole Miss's run with like four in the box. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not even sure we can stop their passing game with seven deep.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, if we had some sort of drones in the air, maybe that could stop Ooh, that's Knock down the balls. I don't know any other way we're going to stop Ole Miss's passing offense.
1: No, and I can't place a name, but they've got, even if we double-team Treadwell, which is all but a given, mm-hmm. um, they've got a couple other options out there. They've been bringing in Kim Dietschy on offense, which if they're going to run against Tennessee Martin, I imagine – they won't hesitate to do against us, and I don't love uh, the way I feel our defense will react to that.
0: Correct. But speaking of K- in Camdiche, uh the you know the, the cat that got away, uh, mm. lining up on defensive end, Jacob Coker is not exactly a brisk decision maker. Uh, so when he, I'm pivoting to another problem, but uh, Incomdici comes in off the end. Jake Coker's going to have to make some quick decisions, which, frankly, against two lesser opponents, he has not really shown us that he's capable of doing.
1: No, you're exactly right. Um, I don't expect him to have much time to make decisions at all. One note uh, that I have heard from our always-trusted inside sources uh, is that this week, Brandon Green has been practicing right tackle above Dominique Jackson. Dominique Jackson has not had a strong showing to the year. No. Um, so, you know, maybe if Cam holds his own and we can get Brandon Green up there, who I trust. I like a Brandon Green. Yeah. Uh, just give Coker that extra split second and maybe something maybe. will happen.
0: Maybe. Um. Anyway, uh, before we turn to the picks, we've got uh, one little feature that we've been bringing in uh uh starting last week and it is called what are those
1: <laughs> yes that's right the weekly what are those award um <laughs> it was a little harder this week i gotta be honest because a <laughs> well, lot little, of teams little
0: backstory for our first time listeners their what are those is traditionally awarded to the most ridiculous uniform paraded out on the Thank gridiron and in the, in the coming week what you got
1: Thank you, yeah, that's nice, and last week it was, um, it was Louisville's Adidas uniforms that were just this hideous, Ed Hardy-style uh, kind of gothic mashup that was awful. Um, last week was a little tougher, because a lot of teams did some nice 9-11 tributes, including these fantastic Louisiana Monroe fighter jet-themed uniforms.
0: Oh, those They're are solid.
1: They are so good. They're posted on our Twitter account, you should look them up, um... Really nice work there. This week's What Are Those award is going to and, and Greg, I did this for you. What? But it's it's bad. Get ready. Uh it's going to the Utah Utes okay. who proudly I will say they emphasize this. This is not me. They did this. Uh strutted out Atlanta Falcons and Oh, you uniforms. son of a bitch. No, they were. They were.
0: Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah, they were red and there were mountains on the shoulders. I mean, from a distance, maybe fine. But when you got up close, it was uh, downright sickening.
0: Well, I'm filled with rage.
1: Yeah. Um, you would be.
0: Okay, moving on from that, because I'll need a minute to calm down. Uh, last week in the Southeastern Conference was sort of a disaster oh, uh, in, in a funny way, in some senses. You want, while well, I, you know, Make a cocktail, because it, it, I'm, I'm possibly injecting heroin to get over the Atlanta Falcons reference. Do you want to uh, take our take our heroes through that?
1: That's true. It sounds like you're straying over there. Dude, yes. Uh, last week on the whole
0: world without hearing Atlanta Falcons
1: in my life. I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of what things you could look towards the Atlanta Falcons for inspiration on. Not a damn thing. So and and, and literally them. just nothing positive. Anyway, uh, anyway. Uh, so last week in the SEC, a mere two weeks after our boy Burt uh chided Ohio State and Urban Meyer for having such a patsy schedule, <laughs> he went to Little Rock of all places and met a man by the name of Terry Bowden, who led the Toledo. Are, Are they the Rockets? Yeah, Rockets?
0: they're the Rockets. I did not know Terry Bowden was their coach.
1: I'm going to look that up.
0: I thought <laughs> he, he was Astrid, not Toledo.
1: Uh, all right. Well, scratch that. Anyway, met a okay, man named God, Toledo. That
0: would have that been the funniest thing in the world.
1: I don't know why anyone listens to anything I say. No. Uh, they're pretty much the same <laughs> school. Anywho, Toledo came out and beat Burt's. Razorbacks.
0: Now, who among us has not shut the bed in Little Rock, Arkansas? <laughs> Let's just exactly. go ahead and call it.
1: It is actually the nation's leader for that very activity.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that is for all the talk. Bert just likes to talk. There's does some people like in this world, talk. Yeah, there are some people in this world that just shouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. Just, just don't. Just don't ever talk. And he, it's... he is one of them. He, he couldn't keep his trap shut. when he was in Wisconsin. It followed him to Arkansas. Just at some point, somebody needs to be a handler and said, "Dude, just no, quit. You with the talking? Don't do that anymore."
1: He'll grow up, but you know, some guys meet their wife there at the craps table and think like the world do. is made <laughs> like you do. Uh,
0: like <laughs> you do. Uh, but I will pivoting a little bit. The funniest thing ever said mm-hmm. was said this past Saturday, Uh-oh. and I am not. I don't mean like the funniest thing ever said. On Saturday, the funniest thing ever said about football, I mean literally the funniest damn thing that's ever been, that come out of somebody's mouth, mm-hmm. was last Saturday during the Auburn-Jacksonville State game. When one Jeremy Johnson was not performing well, to say the least.
1: You mean future Heisman winner Jeremy Johnson. Correct. That Actually the 2015 Heisman winner. Jeremy.
0: Highly touted, Heisman hopeful, Jeremy touted. Yes. Um, when David Pollock, doing color on the SG Network, said, you know, we have to consider whether or not he is vision impaired. Oh no. It's clearly the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh, uh, like I just like I I mean, you know how those you have those moments where you just like fall off the couch and just throw your hands like you're having a Fred Sanford hold your heart moment? That was what happened to me right there when he
1: Oh, that visual is lovely. But I
0: kicked my feet like a child. I just couldn't stop laughing. It was the best thing that's ever happened.
1: Oh, is Jeremy Johnson vision impaired? Well, I trust the good folks down on the plains will get him tested this week.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, But, yeah, Auburn had a close one with Jacksonville State. uh, Had taken overtime, uh, but you kind of knew when it went to overtime what was going to happen. But, nevertheless, you know, it does not serve us well for Auburn to lose to Jacksonville State in terms of strength of schedule, so what happened is what needed to happen, but damn, it was funny for 60 minutes.
1: It was really funny, and at the end of the game, I wasn't upset so much <laughs> as amused by the Auburn fans who stood around and were just tearing their little family hearts away about beating Jacksonville State and the players who were celebrating like they had just won an SEC championship, uh, but as the week has grown on, I've been a little sad. That would have just been... A really, um, it would have it would have been a source of a smile for me personally for years to come, and it, and credit to Jacksonville State actually they really ran a good game plan and looked like a great team and should have won that game.
0: Well, and look, they've got the rejects from you know all yeah. the criminals that have been kicked off all the Southeastern Conference schools, so it's yeah. not like Jack State's a horrible team. They've got plenty of athletes. They just uh, you know they've just all been in jail, so you know so there's that and yeah, but like I said it's it's good that Auburn won because as much crap as the conference is getting right now had they lost that kind of loss can keep a conference team out of the out of the college football playoff i mean it, it looks that, that made us look that would have made us look that bad so with that whatever speaking of bad though uh you're Georgia Bulldogs yeah
1: bruh, bruh. Mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. came to nashville and just got sloppier than one of these Yankee bachelorette parties I see on Broadway every night of the week. Uh, Um, I think what the line is. That was my of the week,
0: by the way. uh, 20 and a half.
1: 20 and a half, and uh, Vandy recovered an onside kick down 10 with like two minutes left. Could have made a real game out of it. Granted, they remembered they were Vandy before it was all said and done. But uh, just an ugly showing, and... I, I'm beginning to believe that the SEC is entirely trash.
0: Yeah, well that's the game I said that Georgia could name their score on. I said it's twenty and a half, but it might as well be forty and a half. Well, mm-hmm. not so much. But anyway, speaking of uh speaking of numbers and wagering and uh of the week, you wanna uh, look at some uh look at some games?
1: Oh, I suppose we should. Before we get that, I do want to add one side note, uh, that I haven't run by you and should have. Let's but do it. uh Tuscaloosa's own Tide 99.1 FM radio had the man himself and and a hero of ours, a great friend of the program, whether he knows it or not, Sir Houston Dale Nutt, on the show this afternoon.
0: Okay, I've heard something about this.
1: Uh, I'm going to put it on our Twitter account, really, as we speak. But right. it was just a fantastic interview. He told stories of... Going of of Coach Bryant recruiting him, <laughs> of going to the Bryant household and watching a Tide basketball game with he and Mary Harmon. It was just a. I understand he actually a, did
0: a Bryant impression.
1: He does a Bryant impression that's really strong. I'll give him credit for that. At the end, he starts to talk about. Uh, I can't think of how he words it, but he basically says that old, or that LSU's defense is shaking in their boots over Jeremy Johnson, oh, and. Dear. Yeah, he he got a little. I don't know if he just got drunker as the interview went on, or yeah. the heroin was kicking in, or what. But anyway, it's a great interview. You should really listen to it, and I'm going to put it on our H Tooth Heroes Twitter account. So check that out. Oh, yeah,
0: you, you should be following us at H Tooth Heroes. Uh, but we were going to move on to some picks, including picks. as always our hate of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the which, week. Which, by the way, our hates of the week are 0 and 4 for this season.
1: 0-4. Money line, straight up, we'd be okay. Against the spread, not so much. Uh, LSU did win in Starkville despite that record-setting number of cowbells last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't cover the. In uh, a home loss. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't cover the spread. So, moving right along to the spreads: yeah, our first game of interest, uh, a downtrodden and defeated. Steve Spurrier visits Athens, Georgia, where the South Carolina Gamecocks are getting 17 points against the Bulldogs. Who you hate,
0: dude? I'm gonna hate the Bulldogs, and I'm I keep putting my faith in uh, the old ball coach. Which, by the way, if, if you did not read Hate Nast Spurrier on EveryDayShouldBeSaturday.com, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. good lord, it was good this week. You ought to get on that. Uh, but. You know, the, the best one was t- about turning water into wine, which, quite frankly, if, you, if, you, if you'd done some planning, you wouldn't have to worry about that, which was the best thing I've ever read. But read it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I keep having putting some faith in the old ball coach because he always pulls wine of his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to assume, as much as he talks about the Georgia Bulldogs, that this is the one he does it. And if he doesn't do it, I think he keeps it close because the dogs are not impressed. So I think he goes down there, and if he does not win this game straight up, I think he keeps it with a touchdown. So I'm hating on the dogs. What about you?
1: I agree wholeheartedly. This is just a classic spurrier game, uh, where he doesn't even have a quarterback at this point. Connor Mitch yeah. has uh separated his shoulder, broken his fibula like or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh You're
1: the
0: doctors, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, just I was like
1: <laughs> pointing for ten seconds at something. <laughs> <laughs> um and and yeah, I think this is one of those games where Spurrier just comes in and does Spurrier things and weird flukes happen. Usually he tries to do it closer to Halloween, but I like him to cover that seventeen this weekend.
0: I do too. Uh next up you've got uh the Auburn War Eagle Plainsmen are traveling to the fake Beth Valley in Baton Rouge, where the Auburn War Eagle Plainsmen are getting six and one half points. LSU.
1: Who you hate? Okay, so all week I've been assuming this game was at Auburn and thought, I don't know why everybody is so excited about this. Now that I understand the game is in Death Valley, it's going to be so on. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will say, friend of the program, Hunter Johnson, made a great point, as he is prone to do after that Auburn game Saturday, where Auburn is the type of program that you need to totally slash their sails and get all wind out. The fact that they won this past Saturday means that they still very much have potential to kind of turn the team around, keep building on momentum, pull the family together, Uh and, and make a season out of it. So that scares me. But that said, I just think that was... A pretty bad team we saw Saturday I don't I think the talent is there but I don't think the coaching I don't think the uh, the team itself is there and I think Fournette has himself a day and covers the six and a half himself how about you
0: well they've already started talking about Fournette one of the guys and I don't I don't oh, that's right the, bar, the barn program much enough to know who the, who the guy is but said I, it doesn't seem like it's gonna be that hard to stop Fournette well uh, LSU has themselves a serviceable quarterback. hes I don't know his name, but he's not great, but he doesn't need to be great. Right. Uh, they have Fournette back there. Uh, and, they, and meanwhile, Auburn has Helen Keller at quarterback. So I'm pretty sure – I i don't want to say LSU can name this four, but unless there's just a vast transformation between last week and this and Auburn, I don't see how they stay in this game. I mean, i the dude is – Johnson is just is is is, is for, yeah, for forecasting every pass he throws. You know right where it's going to go. LSU's got a stout defense and they're well coached. Uh, I, I see several interceptions. I see Fournette running for 200 yards. Um, I see Auburn covering with room to breathe.
1: Yep. Uh, wait. You see Auburn covering with room to uh, breathe. My bad. LSU's right, covering. Got to clarify room. that. I yeah. agree with you, and we can certainly hope. Next on the slate, uh old Cliff Kingsbury makes his oh. return to the SEC. Sexy and, son of a bitch. And that gorgeous bro uh, oh, oh. comes in comes in to face the aforementioned Burt Bielama Warhogs. Uh-huh. And uh, Arky is getting eleven and a half in that game at home. Who you hate?
0: I hate the the the, the fighting uh, uh, male models, to be honest oh. with you. I think that Arkansas cannot be as bad as they looked last week. Um and I think and, and look, Texas Tech does not field a defense. So mm-hmm. I have the feeling Arkansas gets back to Fayetteville cuz they were in Little Rock and while that shouldn't throw them off, apparently it did. Um I think Arkansas gets back to Fayetteville and just runs a train on the Red Raiders. I think like like 52 to, you know, 17 kind of train. Wow. So yeah, I think this is my hate of the week of the week, week, week of the week. week yeah. So be sure and take Texas Tech because mm-hmm. I am nothing if not a failure in the hate of the week category. But I, it's just a it's just a thought. I, I think they're pissed. I don't. I they're at home and I think they've got something to prove. And I think against a former uh, Big Twelve foe, I think they take it out on the, Kings- the Kingsbury's. Okay, yourself? I've
1: got... Well, I just remembered what Houston Nuts said that was so absurd, and I have to get it out now that I'm thinking go. about it. Uh, he said, Jeremy Johnson needs to get away from home and and get away from all that noise.
0: And that's So what it's obviously going
1: to go. gonna be much quieter there in Death Valley.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, so, yes. No noise there. Not, uh, not, uh, none so he should all. be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine.
1: I almost want to go back and change my, my hate. Um, okay, you know, on this Texas Tech game, I think the line itself—I think the line says something in that Arkansas should not be this big of a home favorite. Uh, if people thought they were bad enough to lose to Toledo, kind of going back to what you said, I think they are a better team. Uh, Texas Tech, I think Kingsbury's gone, if not this year, which probably should be, then certainly next year. Uh, so yeah, I, it sounds a little. Uh, counterintuitive, but I'll hate on the Kingsbury's as well.
0: Okay, and that brings us to our uh Crimson Tide, where depending on where you get it, uh, mm-hmm. the tide is favored by anywhere between seven and eight and a half, uh, which seems like a big number to me. But uh, having said that, who you hating, bro? Oh,
1: Greg, or should I say GB Bowtie? Uh huh, uh huh. You know, like as, as we've discussed, there are certain matchups that don't look good for us, um, regardless of who they were playing. I do think Hugh Freeze has done a good job tapping in to his team mentally to get them extremely confident.
0: And um, to various Mississippi bank accounts.
1: Well, obviously, yes. Thanks a lot, Laramie. Uh huh. Um, I think. Yeah, I think they're coming into Tuscaloosa riding very high. I think we, while we are finding our identity and starting to look like a fine team and have a great run defense, uh, will continue to be exposed in the defensive backfield. I think both teams will score fairly frequently. Frequently? That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Derrick Henry has a fine game. I think we use Kenyon Drake in... A number of magical ways, but I gotta say this is gonna be my hate of the week of the week of the week of the week uh it, there's a certain <laughs> amount of self loathing here, obviously because we are 0 and four on hates of the week, so to say that
0: <laughs> we' gonna turn that beat around man.
1: picking old Miss as my i hate of the week, I guess I'm picking technically Alabama as my hate of the week um I think that eight-point line is just really high. I thought it would be closer to a round of field goal. Uh, as for my prediction, I'm going to get uh, simultaneously super cons- super detailed and also pretty vague. Uh, I think with a minute left in the game, the score is 31-30 to 30, Ole Miss, and I think Alabama has the ball. And then? I- I'm leaving it there. <laughs> whatever happens after that Fair is is anyone's guess. Tell me All who right. you're hating.
0: We're we concur in the result, but how we got there is very different. Uh-huh. I think this is a defensive struggle. I don't uh-huh. see a whole lot of scoring. I think this is at some point. Uh, I think for most of the game, it's relatively close, a tie game. I think there is gonna, there will be one or two plays that make the difference. and I think one of those plays will likely be either a successful or unsuccessful field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I am calling the Crimson Tide. Uh, I'm hating on the Crimson Tide and I'm calling for a 17 to 14 score. Oh, God. I'm not That's... telling you who's going to win. Oh, I like it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it's, I, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> I have the feeling the Tide will – this will be like LSU uh, in 2011, where we will have ample opportunity to win, and we just don't. I think we'll have plenty of opportunities to kick field goals. I think they will They will be able to stop us pretty, pretty well. But, you know, I, I have no confidence that Adam Griffith for whatever, I, it's not necessarily Adam Griffith's fault, as, as Book pointed out, but nevertheless, you do have to make them. However however they're being missed, they're being missed. I think we'll have the opportunity to make them, and we won't. Uh, and with that, I think Ole Miss will make them, and we won't, and we'll walk out of there 17-14 losers.
1: Oh, that's so painful.
0: I know. Isn't it, that is truly not painful. Not as painful as having to leave this podcast, though, because we have – How about a segue like that? Because we have taken enough of your time. Mm -hmm. But we are Houndstooth Heroes, and we are now on SoundCloud and an official podcast of Roll Bama Roll. My name is Greg Dawkins, as joined as always by Ellis Metz, and uh, we hope to see you Saturday at Druid City Brewing.
1: That's right. Y'all bring the noise Saturday. Roll Tide.